This is Bob Willenbrink, and I'm the Executive Director of the Maryland Center for the Arts, and I want to welcome you to this edition of Art Smash. This is the fourth in our series, and we're thrilled to be here and to share this time with you. I thought before we start today with our delightful guest, I would share some economic news with you about the economic impact of the arts. A lot of people don't realize how much money they generate. Now I realize it's not the Ravens, it's not the Orioles, but in fact, they do generate a lot of income. Uh, the economic impact of the arts in Maryland is $1.32 billion per year. There is uh, $56 million in state and local taxes generated from the arts. $692 million are spent uh, and sent into the economy from arts organizations and $3.83 is the amount generated in activity, economic activity for every dollar in arts operating budgets. So that's a pretty significant impact. Well, now that I've uh, clouded your head with that, all that information, I want to uh, welcome our delightful guest and a very talented uh, young woman, uh, Barclay Gibbs to Art Smash. And uh, Barclay, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me today. You're welcome. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, where you got your training, where you got your start and all that kind of thing. All right, well, um, I'm definitely a Maryland native and um, I grew up not too far away in Baltimore County. And I attended uh, Towson University and the Peabody Preparatories uh, dance programs as a young person, and then went on to train at the Baltimore School for the Arts. Um, after a couple of years there, I moved on to the Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet, um, which is a nationally recognized school in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. I've heard to it. Yeah. Study ballet. Yep. Um, after that, I auditioned for ballet companies and I spent a year as an apprentice with Ballet British Columbia in Canada, wow. in Vancouver. It was a great place to live. And then I spent another couple years in a dance company with Charleston Ballet Theater in uh, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And then I moved back to Maryland and I uh, finished my degree in dance at Towson and started teaching. And then I had the opportunity to come and work at Dance Conservatory of Maryland and with Ballet Chesapeake in 2008. And um, that's where I've been ever since. <laughs> that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. So is uh, ballet your favorite technique? Yeah, that is what, as a young person, I was most comfortable doing. And I've just always loved that art form. I love the music and storytelling of using your body and movement to tell a story and convey emotion to the audience. Sure. So, sure, yeah. yeah, it's certainly the most emotional of all the dance techniques, in my opinion. So that's great. Um, so why don't you talk a little bit about the ballet Chesapeake, if you know much history and what's happening today, and then talk a little bit about the relationship between that and the dance conservatory. Right. Um, well, ballet Chesapeake is our nonprofit performing company. And I'm the artistic director of Ballet Chesapeake, but we also have Kate Weber, who is our executive director, and a board of directors who kind of governs and manages the company. Um, so 
the Ballet Jazz Peak was started as Harford Ballet Company by our previous director, Pam Villeneuve. And um, it's just a way for us to share what we do with our community, give the dancers a chance to perform. Uh, any student can perform with Dance Conservatory of Maryland or with Ballet Chesapeake. Anyway. Okay. All right. Um, so I'm going to talk about Ballet Chesapeake a little bit again. Okay. Start again. All right. So Ballet Chesapeake is our nonprofit performing company. And I'm the artistic director at Ballet Chesapeake. We also have Kate Weber, who's our executive director and a board of directors who manages and governs the organization. Uh, Ballet Chesapeake was started by our former artistic director, Pam Villeneuve. And it's a way for us to share our performing and our dance with the community and to give dancers around Harford County the chance to be a part of a professional production uh, we do a lot of ballet, classical ballets like Swan Lake, Sleeping Beauty, um, The Nutcracker, of course. And uh, we also do some more contemporary uh, ballets and modern dance and contemporary dance. Um, so we try and have a wide variety of what we offer. That's great. Yeah, the Dance Conservatory of Maryland is um, a dance studio that I own and direct. And um, it was also started by Pam Villeneuve. Uh, recently in 2019, we moved into a new space in uh, the shopping center um, up by the Wegmans in Abingdon at Box Hill. And of course, after, you know, we weren't in our space for less than a year, then COVID happened, but we are really enjoying being here in this building. Um, the studio has grown so much since uh, we started in 2008. And I feel like we're able to give really high quality dance training to all of our students. Well, that's great. Let's talk a little bit about it. You mentioned it. How did COVID impact what you do? Right, so it has been almost exactly a year. Uh, this is the week that we closed our doors completely last year in 2020. And for many weeks, uh, March through June, we were completely online. We did were not able to be in our building at all, um, but we did offer online dance classes. All of our teachers learned how to use Zoom. We did a community newsletter every week last spring uh, with activities to get people moving because being stuck in your house, there was, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, kids is kids especially really needed to get some energy out, get up and get moving and not stare at the computer all day. Exactly. So we did a lot of activities to help with that with our um, families in our community. Yeah, well, that's great. That was fantastic. But it is, it's been really hard on everybody. Right. Was. Uh, and uh, are you back live now working with students? Right, so in June of 2020, we were able to open up with a very limited capacity. Um, we were about under 50% of what we have norm normally would do. And we've stayed with these precautions of keeping a lot of distance between the dancers, sanitation, wearing masks, um, temperature checking. So we've been doing that for, you know, starting in June through now and uh, we were just so glad to be back in the space with the studio. Yeah. 
And I know that the dancers themselves were excited to get out of their house and come take dance. I dance class once a week or, you know, some of them with our older dancers every day. Um, I feel like that's been a really positive impact on everyone's life in our community this past year, just to have this place to go to, to get out of the house and do something safe and healthy and positive. Yeah, I know. And, and I, I, I can speak from a theater point of view. You know, you can do a lot of things online. It's just not the same. I, right. I, as much as you might grow or whatever, it's just not the same. It's that energy that you share. Particularly yeah. dancers, there's so much energy that's shared between them that it's great. So, um, well, that's that's good. I'm glad you're back together. Are you now? They've just eased the restrictions. So, can you open up more? Can you get more students? How does that going to work? Right. That's yeah. We are not going to change our policies for the rest of the spring session until June. Um, but starting in the summer, we may up our capacity um, as long as that's still safe at that point in time and get back a little bit more to how things are usually done around our dance studio. Oh, great. Uh, so talk a little bit about summer. I know that you have uh, uh, other things going on besides dance. Uh, one of them is a musical theater camp, correct? Right. We've got uh, a kids production of Willy Wonka coming up in July. So that'll be a week and a half long camp for uh, young children who are interested in musical theater, singing, acting, dancing. We have some great instructors who are going to be in town for that over the summer. And great. yeah, it's one of my favorite activities that we do each year. And, and what's the age range, range on that? Um, we start at age seven, um, seven and up. So it's usually a range between seven and 16. So mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot, lot of different uh, students enrolled in that program, and we usually have a great time. Right. And so anybody that's interested should contact the Dance Conservatory about that? Right. Okay. Yep. Good. good, good. So what do you think that dance particularly contributes to Hartford County, the citizens and the people and the region? Um, what, what is it about dance that makes it special? So I know for, I feel like there's kind of two things for people who are involved with young people in these dance programs. Um, it's really an outlet. I find that I've had a lot of students this year who, you know, were so glad that they still had dance to come to because it's a way to express themselves, especially when they weren't in contact with their peers and socializing as much. And a lot for a lot of young people who aren't maybe as vocally communicative. I feel like our dancers, a lot of them are like, well, I don't like sharing my thoughts through words, but a lot of them are much more comfortable expressing themselves through movement. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of a blend of if you're into athletics and you're also into art, dance is kind of the intersection of those two things for a lot of people. Absolutely. Who, yeah, who want both of those things, art and athletics in their lives, this ends up being a really positive activity. But then for our audiences, um, I feel like, especially in the last several weeks, we've been able to hold our first performances in about a year and just the feedback from watching dance live, there's so much emotion and interest involved and just a lot of feeling our audiences have just been overwhelmed by 
how beautiful it is to watch these young people express themselves. And um, I think that's something that we've really missed over the last year and can't wait to get back to. Oh, that's great. That's great. You talked a little bit about this and in this, I've always said this and I've always believed this to be true that some of the world's greatest athletes are dancers. Uh, I just, you just have to watch some of the really, really fine, uh, particularly ballet dancers and, and uh, the, control of their bodies and and the emotion that comes from that control uh that 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 really is there is a very very significant link between the two isn't there absolutely i mean our our advanced students are athletes who train almost every day just like any other um athletic pursuit and you know there's been research done on how challenging dance is as an art form, but also as an athletic pursuit. They found that dancers do more jumps on a daily basis than basketball <laughs> players. <laughs> oh, do they really? So, That's interesting. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of hard work that goes into that beautiful, expressive end result. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a friend who's a dancer and I was always amazed. He lifted weights all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially, especially for men involved in dance, um, a lot of traditional partnering involves picking the ladies up over their head, which yeah. is no small feat. So even though the dancers are usually small, it is no small feat. So right. yeah, that was great to watch them. So yeah. as we come out of this pandemic, what do you think dance in the arts? How, how do you think that they'll react as we move forward? from this pandemic. Right, I, I know that people have been missing that opportunity to come together in a space, see something beautiful or expressive and share it with each other in the community. And I know that we're looking forward to doing some outdoor programming over the summer and then hopefully getting back to indoor theater programming in the fall. Right. And yeah, I, I know that you know, people in our community are going to enjoy the opportunity yeah. to have that experience again. I've been asking this of all my guests. Do you think there's been a lot of studies about people going back to events? Um, and do you think the general public will respond and go back on a regular basis or will some of them lay back? I've read studies everywhere from a third mm -hmm. of the audience say they'll go back, a third said they'll wait, another third said they'll never go back, I, you know. What Interesting. Yeah, I mean, from from what we've heard from our, you know, like our audience that are, you know, kind of our regulars, sure. um, I think that what people have been most concerned about is safety. And, you know, we're we're not we're trying to provide any indoor or outdoor yeah. events to be as safe as possible. And sure. I think that's everyone's main concern from our organization. But I think that, you know, when that safety concern is lifted, when we are, you know, not worrying about transmitting virus in large groups and more people are vaccinated, I'm, I'm thinking and hoping that it will get back to a more normal level. And I've also seen with our virtual broadcasts, uh, it's been really exciting because we've been able to through virtual performance reach people who may not normally attend our productions like uh you know oh, young people's true. young people's relatives out of state or friends or audience members who have moved away from the area um have been able to connect with our organization again through online performance and 
we're we're planning on keeping that aspect of our performance and offering a virtual option moving forward um, because that's a part of our audience that we would love to share our art with as well. Yeah, and I, I think you're right on the money there. I think you'll see more and more performing arts organizations not only have live events, but have a Zoom event or whatever right. they call it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think as the technology increases, it'll be, I just hope it doesn't get rid of the, uh, the, the audience in the house, you know, there's just right. so much energy that's gained from that. that Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's not really a substitute, but it is yeah. the next best thing. Yeah. It is the next best thing. So what do you, what do you think the future holds for dance here in the region in Hartford County? Right. Well, in Hartford County specifically, there are just a number of really wonderful and also very diverse dance communities. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of different studios around the county um, who specialize in different things. Um, I know that we have a very strong ballet program. There are other studios who have amazing hip hop or contemporary dance who do or who do lots of competitions. So I think that Harvard County specifically just has a really vibrant and diverse dance community. Great. Yeah. That's um, yeah. Yeah. That's so. Great. So, OK, good. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just no, yeah. agreeing with you. Yeah, so I, I, th I think Harvard County has a lot to offer um, our citizens and our community members through dance. And, you know, I can't wait till all of these diverse groups get to performing again all across the county. Yeah. Well, you know that one of my goals is to bring everybody together, just have a big dance festival and bring all I, the groups together. And maybe absolutely. we'll get it this summer. Maybe we will. I, I really think. Yeah. and Because I, I, I think that events like that, create community engagement that you wouldn't have otherwise. And you right. would get groups of people together that you wouldn't normally, and not just local people, but tourists, out of town people that will come and, and do this type of thing. So I hope we're able to do that. Uh, we're, we're running short of time, but I just have one question and I ask this of all my guests. Uh, if you could tell one people one thing about dance that they may not know or they should know what would that be? Wow, that's a great question. So I think that um, dance is probably more than what you think it is if you have not experienced a lot of it. Um, we do more than just the Nutcracker. Uh, ballet is <laughs> more than just, um, you know, your, your niece's five-year-old dance recital. Um, it's just a really powerful way of expressing through movement. And I think that it's a way to connect um, an idea or an emotion or a story through our audience without words, which is a really um, emotional, powerful experience that I would challenge more of our community to come out and see as we get back to performing um, in the theaters and around town this summer and next fall. Well, great. Well, Barkley, thanks so much for talking with me today. I, it's been great. I love this conversation. I can't wait till we can all get back together and everybody's mm -hmm. performing and everybody's happy. And if people are interested in dance, they can contact you at the Dance Conservatory of Maryland, correct? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And you're online. I know that. So um, we won't give numbers because people lose them right away. But Right. Thanks so much. Uh, and 
uh, I just want to conclude by saying uh, thanks to everyone who's listening. Thanks to all the people who are trying to bring the arts back to life. And just remember that the arts have the power to transform, to illuminate, to educate, inspire, and motivate. And I think of all the forms, uh, dance probably has uh, a corner on some of that market. So thanks, Mark Clay. Thanks very much for being Absolutely. a part of this. And I look forward to working with you and talking with you in the future. It was my pleasure. And thanks for all that you guys are doing for advocating for the arts in our community. Great. Good luck with the construction. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. -bye. Bye.